Hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and Novaretti. This is Stephen Robles, and before we jump in today, I want to take a moment and mention Impact 360 one more time. They have some great online courses that we'd love for you to check out, apologetics and truth and worldview-based. They have courses on the resurrection, on worldview, and they actually have a brand new free course about Generation Z or Gen Z. That's right. (laughs) It is a free lab that you can take right now online. And at Gen Z, of course, those born in the mid-1990s to 2000. So our college students and people just graduating high school now in the next couple of years. Bunch of (laughs) know-nothings. No, we love our Gen Zers. That's right. We We love our Gen Zers. But if you're a pastor, a youth pastor, or involved in ministry in this age group especially, it would be a great help learn how you can minister and teach this generation. And so check it out, impact360.org. And if you're going to get one of those paid courses about worldview or the resurrection, use that promo code. Hey, free mine. Free mine for $20 off. Yep. All right. So the, uh, the saints have spoken, mm. brother, brother Robles, the have saints, they? the saints have spoken. Uh, we, we put out a little thing. Uh, I think it was three episodes back, oh, yes. part one, and we yes, asking right. them about the length of yep. the podcast. Oh, oh yeah, you got feedback, and they have unanimously rebuked your wife. Hey, I mean, they listen. They came. For, I, I was really? like, man, I was, Absolutely. I wasn't trying to like put her under the bus or anything like that. We but, love you, Wit. We promise. Yes, I thought. Well, maybe it's because she's a mom. You know, for sure. And so she has a good reason. But then Absolutely. this other lady just like two days ago was like, hey, I got six kids and I want your podcast to be as long as possible. So for real? I for said, real. Well, well, here we go. So so the, the general uh, the general consensus was about 45 minutes to an hour was okay. perfect. That's great. All right. For most folks. Hey. So, hey, get that content. For Thanks for the gonna, feedback, Whitney, folks. sorry. You're just going to have to pause it and, yes. uh, you know, listen to it in the little segment. Monday, Wednesday, can. break it up. That's right. That's right. Well, that's great. Well, that's awesome. That's great. No, it's good. I think the people were kind of like, they were, they were actually disappointed that our, that part one and part two, and they thought, I think they thought we were going to fix it by part two and make it 40. So I got, I I got rebuked after that. (laughs) Hey. And so I said, just hold on. We're coming. Yes. We're coming. We're going to bring it back back to 45 minutes. So here's, here's my new question. Oh, here's my new question. You got a follow up. I got a follow up. We want to hear back from you guys. Uh, it's it's you're just helping us fine tune the podcast because mm-hmm. you know we're we're too close to it so we can't always see things how they are we have blind spots you, you need know? that objective truth yeah that's yes. right that's right that outsider perspective so um, we had a friend come to us and they said they they liked us to do the original music every time oh, it's, yeah. part of, ah, it's part of the branding true. And this that. is something like we have not talked about specifically but this is something where you guys might have a song suggestion or we choose music mm-hmm. up that relates to the topic yeah yep. sometimes yeah it's it's yeah. it's not a it's not a you know precise uh science or art with us but right. we sometimes when when we, we have a topic a song will pop in my mind oh this song would be perfect with it right and then right. if it doesn't we kind of go to our you know just our original uh i forget the title of the song but shibop, shibop. yep <laughs> <laughs> <That way. laughs> so um i actually so fun, yeah i really like i like that too i like the consistency of like always having the same theme song but some podcasts flip it up i also like tailoring the song mm-hmm. to the theme because it helps highlight Sets it it's like atmosphere. it's kind of like the worship right. service yeah. for me like i love churches where they do worship along the uh content of what the speaker is going to speak on yeah. absolutely because like liturgically it helps you 
Yeah. Now our original song is I Only Have Eyes for You. Yes. And now what, because we I don't think we've talked about this yet either, but what was the impetus for that song <laughs> to be the intro? You know, so the, it wasn't the lyric. It was the sound of it. It kind of mm. captured this like, almost like this classic, uh, um, what do you, I don't know if, if classic's the word, but like this universal vibe of just, I don't know, the, the, the sound of it's like slightly under pitch too. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like this weird, like takes you into the mental realm. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Ethereal. Psychedelic, maybe. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they used yeah, to put I you. On the, okay. Those 70s. So for me, it was like this kind of old school, because in many ways, I thought, you know, in Free Mind, we, we are, it's a, it's a recovering ministry. We're not trying mm. to like, we're not progressive in the sense that we want to we want to move on to something new we're actually trying to recapture what we think is the essence of new testament biblical historic christianity that's good so it's a it's 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 sort of a going forward by looking back right i thought i also like that that song because it's got it's still dope like it's still vibey even today right it still sounds good in fact the fuji sampled that on one of their uh, yep. records at the beginning. And so that was the actually the first time. Nerva always makes fun of me because <laughs> she I'm like, man, you got to hear this song. She was like, uh, that was done. You know, that, that's, that's a remake. So she's no, she's that's like not the, the original. Just she's, saying. She's the <laughs> historian. She's the historian. Uh, yeah, exactly. Basically. She's the musical historian. That's always giving me the well, actually. Right. You know? <laughs> a voice comes from the well, actually. But anyway, so that that was kind of the the thought behind it. I was just like, man, this fits the the material well, like right. sonically, not not necessarily lyrically. And I will say, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, that most of the podcasts I listen to have a consistent intro. And it's nice because when my podcast player will just go from one to the other. Yeah. And so the music intro kind of signals me like, oh, That's this was one. the next podcast nice. in the yep. queue. Because I don't know what's next. Yeah. And so I get that perspective also. It's yeah. nice to mm. know what to expect. Kind of and I noticed like Reasonable Faith, he used to play like this one classical song. Yeah, exactly. Before all his uh, podcasts. Now they do more of a theme thing or right. or just random songs maybe even. But um, you know, so I don't know. So we're, we're bringing this to you guys. We want you to tell us. <laughs> Should we keep going like we're, we're going and do tailor it, kind of do th- thematic thing, change the song up, or should we keep it right. one song? I predict it's going to be 50-50 right down 50, the middle. I think it'll be And 50, I, you know, this is the funny part. The, and one of the other reasons I started trying uh, – no, I, t- I take that back. I, we did another song because I thought, man, this will go good with the theme. And then this lady, um, this one lady uh, hit us on DM on Instagram. And she said, thank thank God y'all changed the song. Oh, wow. Ah. Did she? I didn't know that, love. Yeah, I forgot to tell she you She was that. tired of the original? She, was t- she wasn't feeling that original. It oh, probably man. reminds her of right. a time. Right, a time. <laughs> you know, songs take you places, and yeah. sometimes they can have a, a great yeah. or negative memory. So Do you guys have too. a vote? Do y'all have a bent? Ooh. I felt like with the Mountain Prophet, I was I was happy about that track we found because yeah, yeah. it felt appropriate. We were literally in the mountains recording it. Yeah, but okay. I don't. I might go either way. I don't, I'm not. So you're on the line. I think there's been some times where there was a song that really nailed the yeah. topic, yeah. and it's, it might have even been a, a more recent song, which also points to the cultural problem. Yeah. that we might also be addressing. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that's helpful to point out. And that part. Another note too. I'm guessing that person that mentioned that idea to go back, keep it original, is in the music industry. Yep. Okay, so that's something interesting. But they're also very attuned to branding. This person actually has a podcast as well. My point okay. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, but you know, the, to the average ear, 
Oh, I know. I Variety can be more of a spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, I'm, I, mm. it might be I think 50 I'm, I'm on the line too because I do, I see the value of doing something that really points out the theme. Like I love that specificity. Right. And it's like, oh man, that's perfect. <laughs> but I also love like, you know what you're getting, like that McDonald's hamburger. Right. Like you don't want no lettuce, no sure. tomato. No mayonnaise on it. You just give me that nasty the, ketchup, mustard, oh onion goodness. bits. Heat it up oh, in the microwave. Oh. Let's call it a day. Yikes. That's what they do. Yikes. <laughs> That's what they do. That's no reflection of what goes on here, y'all. No, no, no. <laughs> no, sure. no reflection. It's like a Chick-fil-A <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> that, that's a, that Chick-fil-A <laughs> sandwich <laughs> is consistent. <laughs> it's dialed in. That's true. Brandy's dialed it's okay. that's a bad analogy. Our listeners are saying you guys have nothing to talk about today. <laughs> right. No, we got stuff. We got stuff. But we do got stuff to talk yes, about. But no, it's we. Fun. But it's thank fun. you, marketing team, for giving us feedback. Yes, right. And, right. and we um, love like we love having you guys interact. It's it mm-hmm. really first of all it lets lets us know you're actually listening. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, um, it it lets us know that you care and and that you have thoughts on it and you know even even the deeper stuff that people send to us is really yeah. encouraging how it's helping them and we actually got a lot of good feedback probably it's odd it's a weird combination we do see the amount of downloads but we don't know if they're like downloaded automatically for people and then they don't listen to them sometimes or if they listen right. to 10 minutes turn it off but you know we see the downloads and i think this past week is probably the part three of the mountain profit episode right right is currently one of our lowest downloaded episodes, but oddly enough, we've gotten our most positive feedback yeah. so from any episode. So the people that have listened to it for whatever reason have have um, sent us back saying, "Man, this was one of my this is my favorite episode," or this really encouraged me. And yeah. like I would say, what do you think, Stephen? Like eight, eight or nine responses at least. I mean, I had people kind of just come up to me at the crossing. Uh, church, you know, they're saying like, yeah, that last podcast encouraged me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird situation because we were recording in rapid succession. Yeah, we were literally. That's up, right. We did all those, all three together. We did all three together, and so from our perspective, at least for me, like I didn't know how it was going to feel. Right. Three weeks spread right. out, and know? don't lose your thought. But typically, anytime we do a part one, part two. Two's Even if people one. love, like our highest one is a part one of a series, right, but then part right. two goes drastically down. Yeah. yeah so yeah. people tend not to want to click on a part two. So I thought, man, part three. It's people over. Just gonna, <laughs> really, really <laughs> it's a, it ain't getting, it ain't getting no spins, <laughs> but go ahead, bro. Just not knowing how it would turn out. And then, you know, again, a little inside baseball, you know, we obviously pray as we record sure. this podcast and always want yeah. the Lord to lead us. But I do feel like the end of that episode, I don't know, I was... I was really feeling it. You know, I think, you know, we were also, yeah. we had spent some time with the mountain prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, oh, anyway, we had spent noise. time with him and, you know, for myself, I'd like to know how you guys felt too, but coming off the mountain yeah. and kind of heading back into real life, it can, it was kind of a little of a jar, mm. jarring experience sure. sometimes yeah. where you want to find out how to bring that mountain peace mm. into your daily life. For and, sure. uh, and I would tell that to people and they were like, yeah, good luck. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> encouragement. Yeah. But there, is, there was a sense of peace, at least that I had, I think, mm. up there. And I think that started coming out maybe in that third episode and our time with the Mountain Prophet. For you sure. know. I, yeah, I there's not always times when you're speaking that you can feel like something's flowing through you. Right. But I did feel like something in that third part. Um, yeah was flowing like there was a flow to it that i right. that you could actually feel it in real time like something this like god's spirit is in the room mm-hmm. and, yeah absolutely and yeah. something 
Something's moving. Hey, Jeez. come on, somebody. Something's, Something's moving. <laughs> it's a good song. Um, <laughs> so go listen to that part three if you have not listened yeah. to it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would encourage you, and I would in, encourage you to listen to all all three. Th- this actually, this text came in a day ago from uh, a guy named Thomas, one of our listeners named Thomas. He's in Canada, yeah. Canada. Oh, come hey. on, somebody. Hey. Ups, for, ups for Canada. Hey, which we love. Um, and he said, uh, he said, great ending to the series, guys. I wasn't sure why there was so much preamble at first, <laughs> but when I heard all when I heard all of part three, I realized that the context needed to be set. The prophecies were so much more credible because of all the groundwork you did mm. in part one and two. Love it. Wow. So you know, I love I love his That's honesty, awesome. and you know, here's another thing: like you know, we don't like critiques, but if you guys have critiques, you have you know stuff you want to disagree with or challenge us with, we welcome that as well because. Through that we could have conversation, we could mm-hmm. all learn. But yeah, um, but that was actually a funny. That was fun, that was you know, because it it was a long preamble. It was a whole episode. And you're like, why why are you going through all this? <laughs> like, we point? totally understand. Sure. Yeah, sure. but I think also from we were sitting there listening to him for literally hours, but we also knew, you know, some of our friends and maybe listeners, if they were hearing him right next to us, like they would need a whole lot of context, mm-hmm. right, before they were could sit there and receive what he was saying too. Yeah, man. And uh, we left a lot out, too, yeah, yeah. what he said, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he lives there, and, and he stews there. He prays there. He, that's his life. Right. And so when we visit the mountain, which is a, maybe one or two times a year, we always connect with him so we know what we're getting. But um, to just encounter him and meet with him and have a conversation with him for the first time, not knowing any background, it would be... I mean, jarring for sure, because he just tells it like it is, how he sees the Lord's moving and he doesn't filter. He's like, this is righteousness. This is going to be judged. <laughs> so be it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, man. wow. And I think he, he even admits that too, I think. And he speaks a lot about sure. the fivefold ministry and how like he is you know, comfortable in his position and knows what that means. Right. Yeah. That when people hear him, it can be abrasive at times. Yeah, yeah. And that's no, why he that. presses that we need all of the fivefold ministry, not True. just True. the voice sure. of the prophet. But yeah. And he does, he carries that, that prophetic voice that we talk about in the past right. from that w- book, Wins and Persuasion. So it's that voice often comes across. And where we are dealing here, I, I think in somewhat in the prophetic voice, in the in the sense of standing sure. for truth and firm, but our approach, our method is more in the persuasive voice. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So hence the preambles. But no, I thought Thomas's uh uh his tweet was great, man. He's actually been Thank interacting you, with us a lot. So we really appreciate that and That's want to awesome. encourage more people to do that. And and actually here's here's an exciting thing. Um if we're if we're saying on the podcast, that means we're gonna have to execute it really hey, well. Right, but all right. we are gonna be looking hopefully in the next couple months to um to open up a, uh, I almost called it sub thirty R old, but uh, a free mind, a free mind Facebook group okay. page. Right, we're gonna. I mean, we already have a Facebook page, but I right. think a group page helps us to interact more in, in specific right. discussions, and other people can post stuff um, on the on the Shout wall. There's Jessica there's some unique. That idea too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, one of our other listeners, uh, yeah. Jessica, that actually works with a uh, Toby stuff, right. uh, gave us that suggestion and we thought it was good. So we're going to, we're going to take her up on that and uh, yeah, yeah. start that group pretty soon and, and, and make it available for anybody that, uh, connects with us, supports us on either Patreon, or we're going to come up with maybe another thing like Patreon, mm-hmm. but we're going to make that available for those people as well as, um, extra recorded material 
and videos. Right. And I'm really excited about that because what we're going to do with that is we're going to go kind of more in depth on subjects where we can't always go in these general podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, um, I'm, I'm thinking now this is just brainstorming with our right. listeners here, but I'm thinking I would like to at least do, uh, you know, four episodes a month right. that are geared just for, just for those supporters. And the first four, I think the first three or four we're going to put out is Steven actually did an unbelievable interview with the mountain prophet mm-hmm. yes. after we left. Um, and it's pretty raw. So pretty <laughs> in, a, in a great way, like me and Nerva listened to it the other day as I think you guys went about an hour and 10 minutes. So we're going to break that right. up into smaller okay. segments and make it available for us, um, partners. But um, so you you can be on the lookout for that. But it was very inspirational, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. gave us. I don't know. Every time I'll probably go back and listen to that myself, like once a month, because it really does jar you back into spiritual reality. Like you talked right. about Stephen coming off the mountain, it jars you back on the mountain, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. man, it reminds you like this is what we are about. This is what we're here for. And it lifts your mind and your eyes. Like uh, in Colossians, it said, you know, set your heart on things above, set your mind on things above where Christ is see the right hand of God. And that's what those messages help us yeah. to do. Sure, That's good. So I look forward to you guys getting to getting to hear those. We'll let you know more as we unroll it here in the next couple months. But it did make me think about something I wanted to, to talk about a little bit today and just pulling together threads. I know we started we started uh, Nerva. We were thinking about man. We've been doing this podcast now almost what six months. Started in January. Like twenty four episodes. Twenty four episodes. Really? Is this number twenty five? This is number twenty five. That's right. Wow, quarter of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just you know it. We we kind of began to reflect about man. This has been a bit of a journey. We mm-hmm. we jumped into this thing. We started like maybe two or three months before we started it. I think I shared this on the first the very first episode, but we just felt compelled like this calling to jump into these subjects to, to kind of step out there in faith and, and confront some of these ideas and ideologies that were coming at us in our culture. And so we intensified our reading. We, we started really diving in for like two or three months doing when he says we he means he (laughs) (laughs) but you know i have definitely been changed i i I have to be honest i was more along for the ride and being married to seth he has always been passionate about these kinds of things you know just going deeper think he was always a thinker always a studier but when he said let's just chime in and just kind of touch on these current events i was like no but (laughs) which every episode i um you said that's a nice version with every episode I've been changed and it's been life changing for me. And so I'm so glad we did this because it's, it's the heart of God to, to help people and to serve people with biblical truths and to help them, you know, suss ideas and come to the right place. So, so we kind of joke when we were in marriage, when we were in premarital counseling, um, and you know, in marital counseling, Hey, come on. No, (laughs) we were in premarital counseling and, um, and we were uh, talking about the fact that I was more of a thinker and you were more of a feeler. Sure. That was one of the distinctions they made in the mm. in that book, in that particular book. So we were, you know, mm-hmm. just mapping that out and seeing what sure. that meant. But, you know, we, we kind of helped balance each other in that way on a lot of things. But I think you have added a lot of study. And you, you studied, you probably studied before we met as well. I'm not, mm. I don't mean to demean your past and say yeah. she's all a filler and completely like that, but... It's just a matter of emphasis. Sure. 
but you have uh, really jumped into studying, especially in the last few years. Oh, what yeah. what have been some of the the fruits of that for you? Oh gosh, I you know there's something to just knowing God more and his word. And it's like the more you know about God, the more you're able to really worship and really know who you are in him. And so it's empowering. It's, it's, um, it's giving wings to what you already kind of, kind of take life in. And so for me, I I recently joined a CS Lewis book club and he's one of the, um, one of my favorites as far as a thinker and a conversationalist on behalf of Christianity and the Christian worldview. And in these times when there's so many um, worldviews prevalent, I mean, on social media, you're like bombarded with so many thoughts and ideas. And I just love just going back to the, the foundations, the, the mm. truths of Christianity. So I, I would go to church and I'd worship God. But when you do, do a study on one of the gospels or even do a study on an attribute of God, it just adds more depth and more confidence mm. to your your walk with Christ. And, and in a time where people are saying it's just a, a museum piece, a, a museum piece you put on your shelf, you know, don't talk about your Christianity, mm. don't talk about your faith. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I can talk about it because it is a body of knowledge. It's truth for me. It's not just something I, I treasure in my heart, but it, I can articulate it. I can discuss it with friends. And so that's added much, much depth. And I know you've had some stories too in the past where even people in church, you got in conversations and they said some stuff that you were like, huh, that doesn't sound biblical. And then, but you didn't really know what to do with it. And so you were kind of just at a loss struggling. Yeah. And you, you know, but I think now you have a, a much better base Definitely to to kind of keep you in the boundaries of, of safe biblical mm-hmm. orthodoxy and, and soundness of sure. mind scripture. And that's part of the maturing process. Um, but I was going to ask you too, Steve, I, I don't I don't even know how you got into apologetics initially and everything. I know we kind of grew up in similar backgrounds. Well, Nerva grew up um, in a kind of a Haitian Catholic, Haitian Catholic yeah. church, yeah. got saved in college. college yep. And uh, kind of, you know, it's been a long journey since then. But mm-hmm. uh, Stephen and I grew up in the AG. Well, I was kind of in the AG world, Church of, Church of God hey. world. And uh, <laughs> a little bit of that old independent Pentecostal right. too. But right. um, but you, your dad was actually an associate pastor at your church for a while? Um, Yeah. He he worked at the church for a while and um, grew up in the AG church. Yeah. And, and, and only AG, you know, growing up and went to Southeastern. So AG college hey, too. Like, he was all the way through. Okay. You know, I want to say my youth pastor uh, definitely started bringing up some of the questions that almost seemed taboo before that. And so when I was in high school, you know, he would talk about a suicide and he would talk about just the creation story and and he would really bring about these, the big questions. And sometimes I don't even remember if we had answers for it in the moment, but he at least started that seed of, you know, it's okay to talk about these things and to wonder about them and, and help us start navigating that through scripture. But ironically, it was when I was at Southeastern <laughs> that I kind of had that crisis of faith. And I was like, mm. Mm. and there was a, a cascade of events that affected me emotionally and mm. kind of in an effort to just not feel anything. I just didn't want to care anymore. Oh, wow. And so yeah. kind of turned away from the church and I obviously left Southeastern for a semester and just didn't want yeah. to have to care. And, uh, you know, I thought. I can't deny that God exists, but all that other stuff must be bogus, you know, and whatever. Like, let me just do what I want to do. And uh, it wasn't until just, again, a moment picking up the Bible after months 
and uh, reading First John 4, saying that God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God. Because I was convinced that God didn't really care that much about anybody, mm. wow. let alone me. And it wasn't when I read that verse and said that God is love, I said, wait a minute. I still reconcile that God exists, and if he does, then he is love. It's not that he's choosing to love us or not. It's that unequivocally and unquestionably, like he loves, because mm. that's his nature. And he can't do anything different. And so that's when I started trying to gain, like get back. And I, I think Ravi was my first step back. Okay. And listen to his um, Let My People Think podcast. And you just, were you a podcaster at the time or did you just? No, no. You know, my uncle told me about podcast like years before. He's like, man, this is going to be huge. I'm like, nah, man. Ain't no way listen to that stuff. Like, what is that? That's crazy, uncle. <laughs> yeah. I was like, nah. Uncle Maurice, what is that, Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I started listening to Ravi and then um, I wish I could remember where I heard of it, but the William Lane Craig Defenders podcast. And I started listening to that. And um, that was kind of the thin end of a wedge. And, you know, then found everything hey. else. Yeah, and, um, yeah, just just loved it ever since. And for me, it always helps me either in a moment of doubt or in a moment of questioning, you know, because, again, you listen to culture and you listen to all the voices and you think like, ah, maybe, maybe it's not it. Like, maybe this isn't the thing. And immediately a flood of all the things that I've heard and read and listened to and the videos I've watched, I said, no, nah, wait a minute. Like that's, that moment of doubt is kind of not even, like to not deny it, but also like there's way more on the other side that can overcome it. Yeah. And I have listened and read and heard it all. Yeah. And it helps me lean on that mm. than to focus on the doubt and, and let it grow. It's like, yeah. there's not really reason for that doubt uh, for me personally, anyway, for all that I've seen and read. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good, man. And I, you know, I've told my story on here before a couple of times, so I won't go th- rehearse it in depth, but you know, just for me, the same thing, it was similar thing started in high school, intense doubt over many years, college. And I think it, it made me aware of a lot of the stuff that's kind of pulling people now into either progressive Christianity or to the nuns, quote unquote, that's like, right. I don't have any religion or even atheism. Right. Um, and so it wasn't a cultural pressure for me so much as just a, it was a the next question that would come up, and I would look into that, right. and it would lead to the next question. I'd look into that, and it it sort of led me to through the process where I, I learned a lot about the pitfalls of theological liberalism, which is basically the the grandfather of current um, mm. progressive Christianity, as as well as like the pitfalls and the 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 weaknesses of you know, atheism and postmodernism over time. And so that's why it's unfortunate that I'm seeing all these people now being taken in by these ideas um, that really, not that they don't have anything going for them, but I think when you, when you study the, the full breadth of the, the, the information out there, Christianity really stands out as, as strong among the worldviews. Yeah. Um, and, and for me that it was good. It was, I'm glad I went through that process on this side, but I also in, in that process growing up in a sometimes hyper charismatic background, mm-hmm. sometimes just good charismatic, like, you know, right, right. but I think I, I shared this previously, but you know, there was that temptation to just be, like to dive into becoming a theological egghead right? and like, that's the only thing. Like I, I right. think at one point I was really probably unbalanced uh. now that I'm perfectly balanced now, but 
Um, but it, I thought, but, sorry, I thought you said you were perfectly though? balanced. Now <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Nerva for the reaction. Right, yeah, no, <laughs> perfect in all my ways. No, <laughs> no, I'm saying not that I'm obviously not that I'm, but you know, it's always a thing yeah. where you're kind of floating back and forth. But, um, you know, I there there was that time when I was like, man, I just wanted to distance myself. It was easier to just almost become a cessationist. Right. And cut it all off. Um, and just, you know, all I do all day is think. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, um, and also to forget that, you know, part of, part of the Christian wall, part of discipleship is actually spiritual transformation as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's so easy to become one dimensional. But I yeah. think that's why on this podcast we want to we want to try to come back to that kingdom triangle thing of I feel I, I really think what JP Moreland captured in that book is so good because it's a balanced approach that takes each of those three legs seriously the legs of recovering the Christian mind like thinking hard thinking mm-hmm. carefully mm-hmm. um and then renovating the 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 heart you know right. developing into like what what Jesus called us to be as disciples, into people that are full of love, full of compassion, full of kindness, gentleness, self-control, you know, mm-hmm. bearing bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And then that third one, though, manifesting the, the presence of God mm-hmm. um, through e- even, uh, you know, supernatural activity. And that's one that for many academics and kind of theological eggheads can be the hard hardest pill to swallow. Right. But it's one that I think we we got we have to keep it in our recipe if we right. want to really really be um optimally effective right um as as witnesses to the kingdom in this in this world, in this culture. So that's why I th- we want to bring in stuff like the prophet and, yeah. you know, and talk yeah. about that because for us, it's like, man, you need that. You need that, that breath of God, that wind of God. And that's why I love, you know, pointing people to studies like, uh, miracles, the book on miracles that Craig, Craig Keener, Keener yeah. did, um, to, to help people see, you know, man, this stuff is, not only is it still happening, but as Michael Brown said, it's, it's, it's a normative thing. It's, mm. it happens statistically often and should happen statistically often. Um, and we could talk about what things happen often and, and what that looks like and all later on, but, but it's really, uh, it's gotta be a balanced approach. And, and the reason I, I bring that up today, because I know, I, I do notice one of the tendencies when you get into this world is to, um, develop, uh, intellectual pride. Mm. And also to like be like a theological witch hunter, <laughs> you know, so where you're, you're kind of going out and you're accusing every, uh, there's a witch, 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 you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Okay. And so I, I'm, I'm noticing that tendency and the more, you know, cause now with this podcast, we're always, you know, which I, I loathe social media. Somebody put up a, a tweet yesterday <laughs> that said something like, uh, uh, Twitter is proof of the biblical doctrine of the depravity of man. Mm. Wow. <laughs> sure. And, uh, sure. Uh, and it's not even like Jeez really a Louise. joke. I think it's like spot on, but you know, it's, um, 
I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. Like I didn't even have Facebook until we did the young adult ministry and I had to, like I was forced at gunpoint. <laughs> and, um, true, y'all. It's true. and so I finally had to get it. In fact, I was rocking that flip phone as long as I could, bro. Like <laughs> I was on into the iPhone five, I think before I <laughs> got over, you know, Dr. Tyndall's still on that flip phone. Hey. Oh my goodness. He is Are still on it. <laughs> not good. This wow. was uh, one of our music professors at Southeastern university. Still? Yeah. So on the other day, he's Listen. like, I ain't going there. I ain't, I ain't he's mad retired at him. now, so he's like, I made it. I ain't mad at him. Amazing. <laughs> go up and go back to that landline where you got to stick your finger in the circle <laughs> and it clicks. That's a back. rotary phone, yeah, bro. man. That's it. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, for for me, I was like, I just, I, I don't want to get into this, but we have to, you know, we, mm-hmm. we just to be up to date and kind of see what's going on there. When I'm out there, though, man, I, I unfortunately I see many people who mean well that kind of get into what we're into, mm-hmm. but they start just lambasting people and and kind of slandering them in some cases um, where I don't I don't think they mean to, but they just mm. it's just a tendency, right, right. Mm. And uh, you know, even even Paul wrote, you know, the knowledge puffs up, so knowledge has right. the tendency to puff up. Yeah. And that can be in any field, not just like theoretical knowledge, not theological, but, you know, uh, you're in the music world, right? Historically, you played trumpet and kind of these highfalutin symphonies and orchestras and stuff. You know, there's a knowledge base that goes along with that as well. And I don't know if you would speak to that, but there's, there's, is there a tendency that you see in that world to pride as well. Absolutely. And it's funny, you would think in music it'd not be this way, but the the degree level that you have is a huge part of it. And uh, Whitney actually see this, sees this often, uh, you know, because she has a bachelor's from Southeastern, but she's playing with people with master's and doctorates of performance. And there's very much like an upper nose, like, you know, I went to such and such conservatory and, you know, I know whatever. And But it's also funny because and I see this in all kinds of areas, but in music too, where you could get a doctorate of performance, but you can't get in any orchestra Oh my! because you, maybe you did the book work and you got the degree, but you actually don't have the skill behind it. Wow. And so you kind of see it both ways where people will throw it at others to make them feel bad or make themselves feel good. And on the flip side, they brag about it, but they don't got a job in music either. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Know? So yeah, you see yeah. it, you see it both ways. Mm. You know? so. No, that's good. And I was just, you know, so I was thinking today, just we don't have a have a ton of time left here, but um, I just wanted to briefly kind of touch on that idea of intellectual humility as it is linked to apologetics and caring about the truth because the truth matters, obviously. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like there are um, there are high stakes in getting right. certain things right and wrong. Right. And you know, the, the reason we bring up stuff like, um, progressive Christianity and, uh, the LGBTQ activism and all that kind of stuff is because those are very important fundamental beliefs. Right. Um, progressive Christianity, for instance, in many of its, um, adherents at at the higher level tend to deny the the atonement um part of jesus sacrifice on the cross and that's you know that's a the fundamental doctrine of of christianity mere christianity right and so you have to address that stuff and you have to you have to sometimes name certain names and quote certain quotes to is is a nature of dealing with the the topic at hand but you know it's real easy to jump from that to start. Somebody once said the analogy that 
of kind of running like you're in a war and you're on one of those old chariots. I don't know if mm. chariots right word, but you know the horse carrying this yeah, thing yeah. on the back, and you got the people uh, with the arrows and they're shooting out at right. the the people as they're riding through the 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 battle lines or whatever. Right. And they say, you know, the Tennessee and the church is for us to turn our arrows in and start shooting it at our own people on that chariot. <laughs> wow. And um, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I think. Um, there's a couple things there. I, I don't think we really want to shoot arrows, even at people that are like genuine heretics and people that are genuinely undermining the central tenets of Christianity. And we're not saying we want to shoot arrows at those people personally. We want to shoot arrows at the ideas, right? Um, in the in the in the demonic presences, the demonic powers yeah. behind those ideas for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we definitely don't want to turn around and, and demean other believers that we disagree with, or we might even think they have some important errors, but they're still brothers and sisters. And I see, I'm seeing that going on a lot these days when I, and that, that worries me mm-hmm. even among, um, just just last week even i saw some people really coming coming for some people and it's just a there's a tendency i think too quickly to do that right and the bible talks about being slow with an answer even and slow to anger um a soft answer being slow to anger and and all those kinds of things and that's not to say that we never stand firm and make a strong claim and it's not to say that we don't call certain ideas out but I do, I do just want to remind our listeners as we get into these subjects, there's some good keys we need to learn about intellectual humility, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. Okay. And so, I might have you read this, babe, if you can. Just uh, so this is from Second Peter one five through eleven. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these things are yours and abound, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be the more zealous to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never fail. So there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. And, and that's an interesting thing. It said, Peter said, if you do this, you will never fall. Hmm. Wow. Um, and it, what, what's also interesting about that is at the beginning, he says, you know, make every effort to do these things. Right. And some, you know, so sometimes we feel like the Christian walk because of grace and these kinds of things, we, we kind of do systematic theology and end up holding positions that don't, couldn't make sense of verses like this, like that Mm. God's going to basically zap you with righteousness or he's going to do it all. Um, but it's actually the, I think the truth is more of a, more of a complicated interplay. It's not active on our part. In other words, it's not like we produce it by making every effort in our own strength, but nor is it passive. And we just sort of wait for God to do it. It's interactive. Mm-hmm. And we could talk more about that later, but I think that part of spiritual formation that, that especially like Dallas Willard in his book, spirit of the disciplines has really been helpful to the church on that score. And, and, 
and making sense of things like it's God that, you know, he, he works in us to, to produce in us the desire for good works. But then also where Peter and even Paul says he beats his body daily, you know, and, and talks about being in like almost a gymnasium and putting on the armor of God. And then you got Peter saying, make every effort. So in some sense, it's, we take part in this process, but how that plays out sometimes requires a little unpacking. I'll just briefly say it here because it's not our it's not our main point, but I'm gonna use this um article from William Lane Craig. It's question number one fifty, um, where he actually quotes that that passage and then he goes on to talk about faith and, and humility and and pride. And so real quickly he I'm just gonna read through this. He said We are to pursue this character formation with utmost diligence, make every effort, quote unquote. This is intentional. It doesn't just happen. Now, what are these qualities? He said, I'd encourage you to do a biblical study of them. Virtue means moral excellence. We are to become good persons reflecting God's holiness. Knowledge implies a solid grasp of Christian doctrine, Mm. uh, among other things. This is part of spiritual maturity. As Paul emphasizes, quote, that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, Ephesians 4.14. Hmm. This is the one intellectual quality in the list, the, the knowledge word. Um, self-control means self-mastery, which implies the ability to control one's lusts, temper, tongue, and desires. We all know how easy it is to to be just carried along by one's passions rather than having them under one's control. But just as an athlete in training exercises, exercises self-control in all things, so we are to bring our passions under control. First Corinthians nine, five hmm. perseverance connotes endurance being in it for the long haul. Despite the ups and downs of life, we need to be long distance runners, not just sprinters or we'll burn out. Ooh, so good. Godliness implies having a spiritual orientation to one's life rather than having a materialistic consumer mentality, which values and focuses on worldly goods. First Timothy six, six through 11. Brotherly kindness involves having a genuine affection and care for fellow Christians. Romans twelve ten and first John three sixteen through 20. Do we really care about them as persons hmm. or are they just means to our ends? Finally, love is described in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. We should strive to fit the description that Paul gives there. If we are diligent about inculcating this kind of character into ourselves, we are promised that we shall not be ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. And then he goes on. So he says, now, rightly, he says, this might seem so daunting a task that it puts us under the pile rather than comforts us. How can we, who are so weak and flawed, realize these sorts of character qualities in ourselves? Hmm. It might seem hopeless. And this is interesting. I never thought about this connection, but he says, ah, but here it's very interesting to compare this list of character qualities with the list Paul provides of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Hmm. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. Here, many of the same character traits are said to be the work of the Spirit as we are submitted to Him. 
love, kindness, goodness, self-control. Furthermore, notice that faithfulness and patience in combination add up to perseverance. Faithfulness and patience in combination add up to perseverance. Moreover, since these qualities are the fruit of the Spirit, to have these qualities just is to have a spiritual orientation or to be godly. Okay. So, as we are, here's the key, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that is, yielded and empowered by Him, He will produce the fruit of these qualities in our lives. That's the important connection there, spiritual transformation. So we used to say in sub 30 all the time, what's the vision? The vision is being conformed to Christ's likeness. What's your intention? I intend to be conformed to Christ's likeness. What's the means? Remember that? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what it was? Oh, was it apprenticing yourself to Jesus Christ? Yeah, but more specific, what was it? I'm putting them on the t- on the spot here. It's been years. It's too long. Apparently, I, I didn't do good as a teacher because we. Uh, this no, it's been many. a while. That's all right. <laughs> no, no, no. But so the means was the spiritual disciplines. Oh yes. So right. in yes, other yes, words, yes, yes. spiritual discipline. Craig here is saying like being yielded and empowered to this, empowered by the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? Well, you put yourself in. We used to use the analogy: you hoist the sail, your your sail, and your sailboat to catch the wind of the spirit mm. by the use of the spiritual disciplines like prayer, fasting, um, solitude, solitude, silence. All, all the you know the classic disciplines were ways in which you put yourself, and that's what we saw. You'll hear this if you uh, if if you know you hear the 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 interview that Stephen did with the mountain prophet where he talks about he had to adapt his lifestyle right to be such such that he could hear from god exactly and um that's part of what it what the spiritual life is the christian discipleship is to adapt your whole lifestyle full of these spiritual disciplines and by doing so, we are yielded, and then we're empowered, and, and the Holy Spirit produces these fruits in us. And that's how we make every effort. We don't do it by trying hard to be right. you know, self-disciplined or all that kind of stuff. We do it by we use our will to put ourselves before God through these disciplines. So anyways, that's just a side note. Craig goes on, though. He will produce the fruit of these qualities in our lives. We are not just on our own gutting it out by our own efforts. Rather... The key to character formation is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Interestingly, this is interesting because I didn't catch this at first, but he said the one exception seems to be knowledge. So the knowledge is is mentioned in Peter's like add to, you know, faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, but it's not mentioned as a fruit of the Spirit. Right. He said that's something we have to acquire through study of God's truth. Mm. But as we seek to gain knowledge, what can we do to combat the sin of intellectual pride? Oh my. And this is the point of, okay. even though we're in the last 10 minutes here, the podcast is Where it gets point. good, brother. That's yeah. it. Um, like, how do we do, like, how do you go after knowledge? Like J.P. Morley used to say, you know, knowledge puffs up, but the antidote is not ignorance. Mm, and you good. can see that in the scripture because Paul, you know, he always is like, he's always reading, he's always studying the, right. the apostles. In fact, Peter who started as a fisherman, now he's saying, add knowledge, add, add these right. things. Mm-hmm. So are they contradicting themselves by saying, knowledge puffs up, you shouldn't be puffed up, therefore don't get knowledge. Yeah. No, there's a, th- there's a third alternative, right? right. It's yeah. that false dichotomy. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to add, in order to carry knowledge properly, you have to add humility. Mm-hmm. You have That's to good. add love. So, good. so it's the addition of something else alongside of it that That's allows good. you to carry the knowledge without being prideful about it. Mm. Um, so he says, 
this this is a good and this is coming again from William Lane Craig. I have the utmost respect for this guy as an intellect. I think he's one of the probably one of the most brilliant scholars living today. He was still in the he was in the top fifty philosophers of the world. Yeah, uh, on a secular yeah of uh, top fifty scale. So. For sure. Yeah, he's highly Jeez, esteemed. Please. Yeah, man. And, okay. and this is what he says. He says, first, we need to realize the primacy of love over knowledge in God's economy. Cute. Right. This is this guy saying this, that's, that kills himself for knowledge. Like He's, he's right. like, I mean, his whole life has been given to, to helping in this way. Which is a hard pill to swallow sometimes when you love the intellectual side so much. Right. Like, and- Sometimes I know for me, love does not come naturally all the time. Mm. That's nice. sometimes the part that I have to use more effort to figure out how to do that. That's yes, you know, because maybe you could maybe you relate, but it's honestly less effort, more enjoyment when I get to read yep. and study and sure. learn something new. Sure. But you say like, now go love that person's like ah, I don't know. Right? Like, that's, that's, so a, that's a different yeah. level of effort for me. I'm gonna so. start that love ministry and let, <laughs> let those know? folks uh, take care of that. Sure. That's it. And then it's funny because I think of people way on the other side. It's all about the love. It's all about accepting right. to the detriment of like, I mean, all inclusive tolerance, that word, you know yeah. what I mean? So, but to love, you have to have knowledge right? in and order that, to love. Yeah. And that goes back to the fivefold ministry that yeah. the mountain prophet talks about a lot yeah. where there is the teacher aspect, which I think falls into more of this liking the intellect, struggling with love, still yeah, needing man. both. It's not an yep. excuse, sure. but also that pastoral gift that others have to love and care for the church body and mm, people. So and good. so there's always the balance. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, so for good. sure. Um, yeah. and I think, yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, you just said something, baby, but say just that. in order to love, you have to have yeah, knowledge. You made me there's think, no, yeah, you made me think, no, 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 <laughs> the, the, here it's important to understand what Craig means by love. He's using mm-hmm. love in the biblical sense, okay. like you just pointed out, right. which actually includes knowledge and it includes mm-hmm. truth. So, you know, that's an important thing that we need to be careful with our definitions because in our culture, right. if the way love is defined, it off, it often will be presented as a contradiction to knowledge or a contradiction right. to truth or an acceptance. Yes. Yeah, because because that's how it is defined. So right, it's right. it's defined as this it's this squishy kind of jellyfish like affirm everything and and you know, but it, again we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but to love from a biblical perspective is is to have knowledge because love is being set toward the well-being of yeah. the thing, the object of one's love. And to be set toward its well-being, you have to know the nature of that thing, sure. what its design is and how it functions and flourishes well. And that right. that's just like, you know, common sense with raising kids. I was yeah, I was just that. I was just going to use an example, you know. My middle child, you know, if I were to leave him to his own devices, would eat all the ice cream. Not right. Not just all of the one thing that he has, but all <laughs> right. of the ice cream in the house. And for me to say you have to stop. Like yeah. I am stopping you sure. now from his perspective might not always feel like I love him right. or that I, you know, why don't I just give him what he wants? Right. But if I really love him, like I don't want him to be sick. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. going to feel terrible yeah, if man. I allow him to do yeah. this thing that he wants. Yeah. And sure. that distinction of not always what we want, even what we feel is right, yeah. is right and is good for us. And yeah. That oh. distinction of love. You do have, it happens often. Sure. Yeah, man. Sure. And I think the running understanding of that is so often our culture, you often have to pause and just say, here's what we mean by love. And I think right. we're going to do a whole episode on that. Sure. But soon, but you know, the nature of love, what is love? Cause the, the view that they propose is incoherent ends up being right. self-refuting. 
Right. And so it can't be the proper concept of love in general, much less what the biblical authors meant by the different Greek words that get translated to love. So that'd be worth pausing on. But for here, we're just going to go through. I think what you just said, it was good nerve that, but in, in his economy, he's saying the primacy of love, even over knowledge. So you need both, but he's right. talking about the primacy of it. I thought that was an well, important that's, point. That's a good reminder. And there's an old, you know, saying that it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's not meant to be taken literally, but he says Socrates said that he was the wisest man in Athens because he knew that he knew nothing, mm. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, that's good. And that's you good. know, he's, if you take that literally, of course it's self refuting, but he, they right. meant it sure. in, in that kind of maxim way to say, you know, actually the more, you know, sometimes the more, you know, that you don't know. Yeah. And you know, I was of William Lane Craig. I think he practices what he preaches too. And I, I listened to his full debate with Bart Ehrman, the atheist New Testament scholar. Yeah. And uh, one thing William Lane Craig says, you know, off debate is, you know, the better your arguments are, the more knowledge you have, the less you feel like you need to be hot under the collar and yell yeah. about what you believe. And you could tell like Bart Ehrman, there were many times where he would get agitated and heated William Craig always keeps us cool. And like, mm. even then he's not preaching love or speaking love, but he is, I think, exemplifying that yeah, yeah. where he is trying to love by explaining wow. in this just cordial. And yeah, man. he's not worried about his deal. He's not worried about looking any kind of way. He's just trying to speak truth. And that love that he, I'm sure, leans on, you know, he doesn't get heated or anything. He's yeah. always so even keel. It's it's amazing. And that, you know, that gives us a picture as kind of like budding apologists. And, and many of our listeners probably are like that as well. They're they're engaged in these types of things. But it gives us something to look forward to and to the, a vision of what we want to become right. as we deal with these subjects. So that's a, that's a great example. And when you touch on humility, it, it's just good to remind yourself. Um, that somebody, even on the same topic you've studied, might have something to share with you that you don't already know. That True. takes humility. It's yes. like once you've dived into a topic and you just immerse yourself in it, you feel like you're an expert. But it's unwise to think that you know. Mm -hmm. Like you said, everything. I think that's one of the chapters in Jordan Peterson's book, Twelve yeah. Rules for, for a Living. He talks about how just... Be open to the fact that somebody might show you something you haven't heard. Right. In a even if that person's not an expert. Practical. Right. Yeah. Right. Even though yeah. not an expert. So, yeah. It's good. Those are good virtues. Humility is such yeah, a. Man. I love that word virtue because yes. in this world where they're trying to do away with value systems, virtue just really. And to go back up yeah. to the top where he said virtue means moral excellence. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, it's something that's like almost like your whole person is caught up. You know, you have a virtuoso pianist. Yeah. That means right. they have the excellence of skill to be able to freely sit down and play this right. beautiful, complicated, right. difficult yeah. piece. Right. So the more virtue you add to your life as a Christian, as the yeah. spirit produces, as you put yourself before him, you are more able to have those epistemic virtues of humility Ooh. and honesty. Epistemic mm. Yeah, so then in the in the field of knowledge, remember yes. we talk about epistemology, the right. the, stu the the study of knowledge or that area of belief and evidence and all that stuff. So yeah. that requires the virtue mm -hmm. of humility of being able to say, you know what, I might not have everything here. I need to be open to learning from this person, sure. and that can be difficult, especially if you don't if that person doesn't have epistemic virtues. <laughs> and you're in a heated debate, and you want to win over. Really arriving at truth. You right. got to remind yourself now, love, truth, knowledge, these things. Winning is not one of those fruits of the spirit. <laughs> you know, you just have to remember, yeah. you know. 
And it's okay to say, I don't know. So especially on the intellectual side, it's always tempted to make sure you have an answer, even if you know it's not great, but you're just saying something. Yeah. And just to say like, you know what? I don't know right now. You know, let me get back to you or just, you know, that humility to admit like that's, that's big. And one of the hardest places to do that is on social media because you feel, you know, you, you just see people displaying the opposite of that. You want to hit back, you know, so hard and it's hard to be firm and truthful. And, and again, we're not saying with humility that we're saying we don't have any knowledge yeah. And we're not saying, yeah, man, I, I don't know. There's no good arguments. I'm just a humble servant of Christ. You know, that's not that. Right. And uh, we actually, I might might look yeah. up here if we have time. Sorry, we well, all asked for more time. So hey. this, we just going to give you more time. Hey. Go way back to the original. So uh, this, one might, be a, one. this yeah. one might be an hour and a 15 hey, minutes. Hey, all right. Y'all want more, you get more. So, um, so he, I'm going to read on a little bit from here. But he said, uh, Craig's article, he said, uh, according, oh, sorry, let me back up here. He said, the Apostle Paul, when confronted with Greek Gnostics who touted the importance of knowledge, took a similar line. Knowledge, he warned, puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something mm. does not yet know as he ought to know. Mm. But the man who loves God is known by God, First Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. And he says, according to Paul, if we think we are so smart that we've got it all figured out about God, then in fact, we don't know anything. We are just inflated intellectual blowhards. <laughs> By contrast, the person who loves God is the one who has truly come to know him. This has shattering implications for our proud intellectual attainments. It means that the simplest child of God who lives in love is wiser in God's sight than the most brilliant Bertrand Russell the world has ever seen. Mm. Yikes. Okay. That's good. And this second point he makes is something that can help us all as we, as we continue to grow and learn to kind of help us remind us to be humble. He says, second, we need to realize the feebleness and finitude of our human knowledge. Mm. I can honestly testify that the more I learn, the more ignorant I feel. Further study only serves to open up to one's consciousness all the endless vistas of knowledge, even in one's own field, about which one knows absolutely nothing. Hmm. I resonate with the statement Isaac Newton once made, reflecting back on his discoveries laid out in his great treatise on physics, the Principia Mathematica. He said that he felt, quote, like a boy playing on the seashore, and diverting myself now and then to find a smoother pebbler or a prettier shell than ordinary, whilst the great ocean of truth lay all undiscovered before me. How feeble, <laughs> that unquote, how feeble, uncertain, and unstable are, are our own intellectual attainments. And then he says, finally, third, I want to pass on some advice from Hugh of St. Victor, who wrote in his Dita Scalian one, one, in, in the year 1125, 1125. So he says this, now the beginning of study is humility. <laughs> Although the lessons of humility are many, the three which follow are of a special importance for the student. First, that he hold no knowledge and no writing in contempt. Now that's hard to do. So for instance, I might be tempted as a, 
as a Christian thinker to look at Richard Dawkins work, for instance, like his book and be like, hold it in contempt. Cause I think it's, it is Bush league in a lot of ways. Like it's philosophically <laughs> just not guilty. <laughs> I condemn myself, <laughs> but no, like in many ways, philosophically okay. it's, it's just weak okay. argument. Right. Um, and, but he presents it in such a pugnacious manner that right. you're like tempted to hold all of his that's, work in content. That's some good words you're throwing around. And just, uh, <laughs> and just ignore it. Like, right. like, you know, that's a real temptation. What, so what he's saying, don't hold any knowledge. Now I wouldn't call his arguments knowledge, of course, but right. he said also a writing in contempt, um, just because you disagree with it or whatever. Right. Second, um, this is, again, these are the three, which he holds for sp- of special importance for the student. He says, second, that he blushed to learn from no man. In other words, it's like old English or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he didn't write in English, but however this came to us. Um, But he's saying, like, again, what you just said about the Jordan Peterson thing, that we should be open to learning from anybody. Right. Anybody? Anybody. And then last, (laughs) this is is probably the toughest one, I think. Okay. When he has attained learning himself. So when you've kind of, you know, you're you're a learned individual. Right that he not look down upon everyone else. <laughs> nervous pointing I'm pointing at Seth. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> but yeah. That's, Ooh, that's good stuff. But you know, I thought, I thought that was um, pretty hard to do. Like it really yeah. requires, I think, the Holy Spirit to help you. Dallas Willard used to say, you know, in the academic world, one of the most common lies told was, yeah, I read that book. <laughs> wow. And it's because yeah. you, never, you never wanted to let any other intellectual or academic see that you didn't have knowledge like that was the thing right. you want to protect because that was what gave you your status and your yeah. clout is you had to there couldn't be any area that someone shined a light on where you didn't know that's funny you know you see that in in even normal conversation like mm. did you hear about something oh yeah I, yeah i heard that i yeah, you know yeah. i heard about that or i know about that or you that's pretend the fo- to that's know FOMO. the worst thing hey. is to not know about what the right. latest whatever is and so you you see it in kids too, right? Like Absolutely. I don't know. You see yeah. when you kid, you ask them if they know something. something I knew that. Yeah. When, they, oh, they, yeah, when right. you know, like you have <laughs> mathematical certainty that they don't right. know. That. Yeah, they had no idea. No idea. But yeah, the that's FOMO, us. the fear of missing out, is yeah, is for it. real. Yeah, it's for real. That is it. It's the intellectual FOMO, mm-hmm. brother. <laughs> Beware. So no, but um, you know, and just real quick, because definitions are important. You said this earlier, okay. babe, about the, the definition. But I'm using here my. Uh, That's a big old dictionary. Yeah, man. man. This That's... is this American Dictionary of English Language from 1828, the old Noah mm. Webster. That's the good That's time period good for that. <laughs> yeah, That's that good one that I got from uh, Truth Project because he yeah. he used it on there. He said it wasn't cluttered with all the political correctness, and he's actually right. right. Like, it has more clear definitions, and it even has like biblical quotations. So Noah wow. Webster was wow. actually. Mm-hmm. A strong believer, and he wrote the you know Webster's yeah. dictionary from the place of from the intention of helping people know words so that they could actually know God. Wow! Um, but so the definition of humility here, he said, in ethics, freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind, and I like this here. He says a modest estimate of one's own worth. <laughs> in theology, <laughs> humility. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Stephen's over there going for in. real. Now you got an amen from over That's here. for real. Read that again. This later. ain't the old Apple dictionary. Bro. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not on your phone, man. That's, mm, that's on different. Read that again, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that again. Hey. Hey. Just <laughs> uh, in ethics, freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind, 
a modest estimate of one's own earth worth. In theology, humility consists in lowliness of mind, a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God, <laughs> self-abasement, penitence for sin, and submission to the divine will. And it says here, he, he actually quotes uh, Proverbs 15. He says, before honor is humility. Mm. And then it says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And, that, and he references Acts 20. Mm. And I also looked up... Um, I wanted to look up pride in this uh, dictionary. And here he says, I I like this too. He says an inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority, uh, of one's own superiority in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office, Hmm. which manifests itself in lofty airs, distance, reserve, and often in contempt of others. And so I think, yeah. you know, it's a proper appraisal of ourselves in light of, of course, it requires a knowledge of God and, our, and, and knowledge of anthropology, like human nature, and how I fit into the grand scheme, and then properly assessing yourself in light of that. Mm. And I think that's what Craig pointed out, is like the more you know, the more you understand, the more you realize how small we are compared to God's knowledge and even other people's. And so when we approach these things... And we have to critique other viewpoints because we do. Um, we do so from that place. I actually heard a, there was a there's a controversy right now swirling about Kenneth Copeland. Oh yeah, with the jet. With the jet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know those pop up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> those pop up like every six months. Well, you know, it's not because you have the preachers and sneakers Instagram, and then you got <laughs> Kenneth Copeland over here with his jet on the top. I don't know that Instagram, like, bro. You don't what know that Instagram, bro? Preachers and sneakers. Oh my goodness, man! We've been talking about this amongst That's ourselves. But that preacher sneakers is a guy that posts pictures of prominent preachers wearing these exorbitant sneakers, okay. and then he will look up the cost of these sneakers. Oh, and see. so the Instagram is picture the preacher preaching with these sneakers on, close up of the sneakers, and then how much those sneakers cost in reality. So and these are like funny. two, three, up to $7,000 sneakers. No way. He wearing them Yeezys? Everything, I guess. I, and this is a whole world I knew nothing of. Like that my is hilarious. most expensive pair of sneakers was maybe $80. I but no but uh, we've been talking about that for sure. And maybe... maybe I don't know this plays into the humility and pride thing, but yeah, that's funny, man. Well, I, and I won't get into the Michael Brown. He actually takes a long time kind of describe his viewpoint um, and why he would, you know, there was a, he has a friend on the way. So Michael Brown, you know, he's a, we've talked about him here before his doctor, I think is in ancient near Eastern literature from NYU, you know, brilliant scholar does a lot of work in the cultural realm between culture and Christianity. He's actually a charismatic uh, Jewish um, believer in Christ. And, um, but anyway, so he's kind of, he's often in between worlds. He has a lot of contact with people on like the super reform side, all the way to like the super charismatic and done interview with Benny Hinn and, you know, just all over the spectrum um, as far as people that, but he's no, he's no Casper Miltos. Like he'll, he'll call out ideas, but, and he, but somebody was getting on to him because he, he wasn't saying that Kenneth Copeland was a false prophet and a false teacher. They Mm. wanted him to use those specific words. And, um, the guy was basically saying, if you don't say this, then you're basically, you know, flouting your duties or you're a false teacher or something wow. like that. I can't, I, I don't know if he went that yeah. far with it, but anyways, in, in the, while he was responding to this guy, he was saying, you know, 
he said, every time I try to respond to these issues and I, and I put a label on somebody, he said, there are times when it's fitting to say this person's a heretic. There are times, it, but you have to, you have to prove it where they, they contradict a fundamental um, belief of, right. of Christianity. You have to show it has to be clear. And then even in that you do it in humility. Yeah. Um, and the, but he, but he also says there are certain people that he wouldn't, uh, call a heretic, but he would just say they have serious error in this area right. and he'll point it out and he'll give his argument against it, give the biblical perspective on it. But one of the things he said that I thought was interesting, he said, whenever I do any of these endeavors, I constantly keep my, my, my eyes focused on the face of Christ mm. as I talk about this person, because he says, ultimately I answer to him wow. uh, for how I talk about um, what could be a brother or sister, what may not be, but also I have to, that gives me the courage to be truthful because Christ cares about both. Amen. Right. And so I think that, you know, just that idea of, you know, we're going to continue to address stuff on this podcast and at times that will require naming names and, and talking about their belief right. system, but we're going to do it as much as we can from that posture of humility, like, man, who it's not if if we do land on something right thank god you know right. and if we have to critique something that's a false biblical we do it as ambassadors of christ not because we think we're better so good yeah so good and it was i spoke recently just real quick at the crossing and you know i was putting together my message i was talking about progressive christianity and atheism and all this stuff and it wasn't until i was done preparing that i was like shoot i'm dropping a lot of names here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know we stream online and all this kind of stuff and i'm like Okay, but I was confident, you know, that mm. I was had to address the ideas that these people are purporting. Right. Um, and one of the things, you know, William and Craig actually just came out with a new video. I'm gonna, I'll link it in show notes, but it's three minutes, and it's just mere Christianity. Yep. And uh, I thought it was a great synopsis okay. where he's talking about, like, here are the core doctrines, you know, we'll yep. can disagree on these other things, but these are where we need to stand firm, hmm. especially now uh, as Christians. And so I think it's a... Yeah, yeah and I, actually, if you link that too, I, I think he's got a few of those that you could yeah. probably see. And one, because I, I watched about ten of them just yesterday. One of them was on orthodoxy right. and essentials versus non-essentials. And I think you know, as we mature, that's one of the key key things we need to recognize is what are those essential doctrines of mere Christianity? Right. That they're they're really. In order to remain a Christian, there's no wiggle room with those. And right. then what are the other areas that are non-essentials, they're peripheral? That doesn't mean they're unimportant for the spiritual life and for Christianity, right. but it just means they don't they don't characterize you as being a believer in Jesus or not. Like they don't they're not right. that kind of line. But those are things we can still dialogue about, debate, and even point out certain errors in those areas, but but they wouldn't be considered uh primary mere Christianity doctrines. Good stuff. You did awesome, by the way. Thank preaching you. Sunday morning. Touched Brother on Robles the, gave, yeah. the, gave the word. Yes. Talked about the, worldviews and the challenges of the pop culture worldviews. Really cool. Yeah. And progressive Christianity was one of the ones I talked about. Right. You know, just perusing their website at a glance. You know, if you have any idea of the central doctrines of Christianity, yeah. hopefully that you would see the contradictions you know, yeah. from the progressive, just from their tenets of faith on their website yeah. gotcha. and how they approach the Bible. And so I think it's, yeah, but that's yeah. why we're here. 
You know, yeah, man. That's, probably, that's, that's what we're doing. So, well, thanks for listening. Well, comment, give us feedback. You got an episode length. Maybe some of you got thoughts <laughs> now. You're too long. <laughs> Before, right? I think we've fallen in the ditch on the other side <laughs> right. of the road on this one. It's that pendulum swing, right? Up a timer. Bing. Yeah. Once you hit a bing, you know to wrap it up. Yeah. But it's good. No, we'd love to hear your feedback on 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 length, on music, on uh, topics. If you have suggestions or questions, and maybe maybe we could do some Q and A's. You know, if, if we have yeah. some listener questions, and start making that part of the uh, the episodes. But we'd love to hear. From from you at Freemind FM on Instagram and Twitter, at Freemind Podcast FM on Facebook, and uh, you can email us at podcast at freemind.fm. And we'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next week.